Well, we're in Matthew chapter 13. Matthew in chapter number 13. We're going to look at uh, just three verses here this morning, but they are packed. Let me tell you, they are really packed. I'm excited about preaching this, and I think it works well with it being even on a bus Sunday. Matthew and chapter number 13, we're in the parables of Jesus as he's preaching about his kingdom. And, uh, and he's offering that to all people. He's helping them to understand what the significance is of the fact that he rules, that he's the king. And, and he's offering that kingdom of heaven uh, to each and every one that would receive him. And so, and then those that have been born again, that have been saved and are in in his kingdom, the translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. There's also the distinction that we made last week. I'm not going to take the time to reiterate all that regarding this distinction that's there. Because some of these parables point out how that there's the wheat and the tares. In fact, the next ones that we'll come to is about the net that is cast. And so everyone that identifies as a believer is not necessarily a believer. Um, that we find here in Jesus speaking to his disciples. He's helping them to understand that. But he's also helping them understand the growth of the kingdom and how that it begins small. That's what we saw last time with the mustard seed and how that it would, it would grow into a great tree. And then also the leaven uh, in a positive light. Oftentimes in scripture, leaven is negative. It's a picture of sin, but here it's a picture of just the growth of the kingdom and how that it permeates a society and makes a difference. And uh, I believe that's why God has us here on this earth is to, uh, to be salt and be light. And to make a difference. And so um, we're, we're reading about that, considering that. Now we come to Matthew 13, verse 44. Verse number 44, if you look with me there. Jesus says again, The kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field. The which, when a man hath found, he hideth. And for joy thereof goeth, notice this please, and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Everybody follow that? He found a treasure in the field, he hid it again, he went and bought that field, and thus the treasure was his. All right, look at the next verse, verse 45. <clears throat> again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. This wouldn't be just a retailer. This would be a wholesale person. And, and he's uh, seeking goodly pearls. Who, verse 46, when he, hath, when he had found one pearl of great price, which by the way has absolutely nothing to do with Joseph Smith or Mormon doctrine. I anyway, just thought I'd make that clear right now. Let's see, where were we? Verse 46 who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had. You see the commonality here? Sold all that he had, sold all that he had, and he bought it, it says, and bought it. So man found a treasure in a field, hid it, and bought the field, the treasure. And here another man, a merchant man, is, well, he's seeking goodly pearls. He's looking for uh, pearls, but then he finds one pearl that is more valuable than all the pearls that he has. In fact, more valuable than everything, everything that he has. So he sold all that he had, all that he had to buy that one pearl. Is what you have found worth your all? That's the title this morning. Is what you have found worth your all? 
Dear God, I want to pray that you'd bless now, help in, this, in the delivery of the message. I pray to make it plain and clear, and then, of course, applied. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Read a report on how that uh, some treasures have been found in some very unique places. The CBS uh, report said, not every treasure hunter has to leave home to excavate history. Some of the most significant and valuable discoveries have been made accidentally in people's backyards, basements, and attics. So, uh, they gave some examples. Tamara, her husband, uh, Andre, flips houses in Detroit. And so while doing such a job, you know, if you've, some of you maybe even have been involved in that, flipping some houses, doing some work, an old dilapidated home. It had a picture of the just, I mean, run down, dilapidated home. And, and so you'd expect to find water damage, termites, and some rusty cans. What they found was thousands of dollars worth of very unique and rare art. Walking the dog, they gave another example. Walking the dog uh, can, you know, be a great part of your day in your own backyard and get some fresh air. And if you're extremely fortunate, $10 million worth of vintage coins. Some of you are saying, I'm going to walk the dog today. <laughs> That's what happened in Sierra Nevada to an unnamed couple. I can understand why they wouldn't want to be <laughs> identified on CBS. <laughs> But the face value of these coins, these gold coins, the face value was $25,000 worth, and, but the actual value, of course, is just incredible. But they were walking the dog and they found an old rusty can. In fact, they found eight of them filled with these coins. 2006, a man named Dave discovered a famous Rock, Norman Rockwell painting behind a false wall in his father's house. His dad had passed away and, and had the old paneling uh, house wall there. Well, it was a false wall. And so when they were doing some renovation and they were, were removing the paneling, well, there was this, this original Norman Rockwell painting. And what had happened is that the man uh, was in kind of a nasty divorce. And so he wanted to, he bought this in 1960 for $900, hid it behind this false wall, sent a copy of it, you know, to Norm the Rockwell Museum. And so hid it from his estranged wife. Well, his son found it and it went in an auction for $14.5 million. So go home and check out your walls. <laughs> you never know, right? Can you imagine? I mean, you're, there you are just doing some renovation, just a normal old house, and there is $14 million behind the wall. Some have found great treasure unexpectedly. Now others though, others have spent their whole life looking for treasures. One of my favorite stories is about a man named Mel Fisher. Mel Fisher is probably uh, known as the world's greatest treasure hunter. The Atoka, uh, a Spanish galleon, went down in 1622 off the coast of Florida near Key West. Fisher uh, once lived on a chicken farm in Indiana. And growing up, he read Robert Louis Stevenson's Treasure Island, and, and then he got Potter's uh, Treasure Hunting Guide. And this particular, this particular treasure, the Atoka, had four stars beside the name of it, indicating this one is worth a lot. And so what he did is he moved his family to Florida. 
and began searching for the token. In fact, he's, he's known for saying this, today's the day. Today's the day. He went out literally, listen to me now, I'm not kidding. He and his family, I mean, they all bought into this. They went out every day, every day. They went out every day for four years and then realized that the treasure guide was about 100 miles off course. So they relocated and continued searching. In fact, every day, I'm, I'm telling you, literally every day, I don't think they paused even for holidays, every day for 16 years, for 16 years, he said, today's the day. It's a fascinating story. Today's the day, today's the day, today's the day. July 20th, 1985 was the day. They found it, the Atoka. They found, listen to this, 250,000 artifacts, 40 tons of silver, over 100,000 Spanish silver coins, gold coins, Colombian emerald silver and gold artifacts, and over 1,000 silver bars that totaled half a billion dollars. He found it. In Matthew 13, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, not just the King of some place here on earth, but we're talking about the King of Heaven, describes a treasure that is worth far more than all the treasures, including the Atoka and all other, all other treasures that have been found. And by the way, there are some that are still yet to be found, in case you're interested, to be found, all of them combined. He, our Savior, tells us of a treasure that is worth far exceeding more. Now listen to this, is available to everybody here today and will not be exhausted. Amen. You say, well, if it's available to everybody here, how could I have it and he have it and he have it and he have it and he have it? How could you have it and it not be exhausted? We're not talking about an earthly treasure here. And so our Savior here today is saying that, listen, this is indeed worth your all. Listen, I, I don't know why, I don't know what, what brought you here today. I don't know maybe if you stumbled in here. I don't know if you've been Googling and trying to find a church. That's kind of a process, isn't it? Trying to find a church that meets and finding a church that'll preach the Bible and find a church. It's kind of hard. Find, it's like finding a treasure. And you've been looking and maybe a friend invited you or somebody told you about it. I don't know how you got here today, but I'm telling you, listen, what, you, what you're about to hear could literally change your life. And I'm not drumming that up. I'm not trying to hype that up. I'm not just trying to keep you awake, although that is goal number one of a preacher, trying to keep you awake. But I want you to understand that, listen, what you're about to hear right here today could literally change your life, in fact, your eternity forever. We're talking today about the value of the kingdom. And by the way, I want to be very clear here that you cannot buy your way into heaven. That is not at all what Jesus is saying. You know, this man had to go and sell everything he had to buy the kingdom. Listen, you can never in a million years spend all the money that you had and all that your grandparents gave you and buy your way into heaven. No, we are not redeemed with corruptible things such as silver and gold from our vain conversation received by the tradition from our, from our fathers. But listen to this, you were bought you were paid for with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. He paid for you, friend. He loved you enough to die on that road rugged cross to save your soul. Listen, you can't buy the gift of eternal life, but he can give it to you because he's bought and paid for it. Two ways here we see in this text to find the treasure. Two ways to find a treasure. Two ways to find the treasure that he's talking about. But listen to this, only one way to receive its full value. Two ways to find it, but only one way, one way to receive its full value. 
Look back at the text, if you would, please, in verse number 44. And, and, and uh, it says, again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure hid in a field. I looked up uh, some of the top 10 ways to hide treasure in your house. I'm not going to tell you. No, I'm just kidding. Some of them are, are like this, you know, take a book and hollow out the book and put the treasure inside the book because thieves don't read. That was pretty good. Take an old VHS tape and, you know, hollow it out and put things in there because who watches VHS anymore? Uh, there's some young people in here. VHSs are, they're like <laughs> kind of square deals. You put them in and real, anyways. Some good ideas. Well, back in Bible times like this, they didn't have, you know, a bank and a safe deposit box like, you know, many of us maybe use. They, they literally would do just like Jesus said here. In fact, uh, sometimes they had to do it in a hurry. Maybe an invading army was coming in and so they would have to take their possessions, maybe put it in a clay pot or something and go dig a hole and put it out there so the enemy would not get it. Or they would just, that's how they would store some of their valuables. Well, I mean, you've got grandparents that put stuff in the freezer, right? Maybe you do too. Right. Hide some stuff in the freezer. And I mean, all kinds of places in the walls, uh, in the floor, you know, in the attic. I mean, all around people hide stuff, boxes. It says on the box, you know, uh, Christmas ornaments. But really, it's one hundred thousand dollars of gold right now. I'm just kidding. But but you you've got places that you hide it. Well, they hid it in a field. The Bible says that this, this individual, look at it again, if you would, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure hid in a field, which when a man hath found, he hath found that. Now, I wonder how many times had he come across that treasure? How many times had he passed that way? He found it in a field. The idea is it wasn't in a city. It was out in the country. And he maybe was working out there. Maybe he was plowing the ground. I, I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us exactly what he was doing there. But I, but I wonder how many times had he walked right past that treasure or watch this, if it maybe was under the ground, which it was hid, it was in the ground, right? Is everybody following me so far? It was in the ground and watch this, the treasure was there all the time, but he didn't realize it. It was there the whole time. And so I wonder maybe if a hundred times, if a hundred times he had walked past it or a hundred times he had worked in that field or a hundred times he'd been out there and, and but on the process of erosion or the, pro, you know, the process of working, he, he was working that day and his, mm. did you hear that? Tried a little sound effect there. What's that? That's not that sandy soil. He dug down and he found a treasure and he looked in it and it was a great treasure of great price. Whoa. You know what he did? <laughs> Hit it again and went and sold everything he had so then he could buy the field. Now, wait a minute, you need to understand this. Um, you say, well, what about that? That's kind of underhanded, right? What about the legality of that? Well, the legality, by the way, Mel Fisher had to go to the Supreme Court, court to get that. And finally, the Supreme Court ruled in his favor, finders keepers. So according to Jewish custom and Jewish laws, I studied it. If a man found a treasure, then legally it was his. Except in the case maybe where that was an employee of the man who owned the field. So then it would technically be the employer's treasure. So this man was rather shrewd. Okay, now look, Jesus is not condoning underhanded behavior. He's just telling you what happened. 
Remember last week as Brother Rocky preached about the unjust steward? Listen, Jesus is not, is not saying, here's how you get ahead in life. You cheat people. That's, come on. That's not what Jesus is saying. What, but what he's getting at is, listen, this treasure that the man found was of such a great value that he thought, I've got to come up with money somehow. So, I mean, he, he evidently was a poor man because... He was working there and working for somebody else, most likely. And this, he sold everything he had because he could not cash flow just to buy that parcel of ground. But here's what he figured. This is worth me losing everything else or selling everything else so that I could buy that field so that then I could go back and uncover that treasure again. And that way there's no kind of uh, red tape or any kind of legality or any kind of thing that's gonna, that's gonna come back on me where I lose, lose the treasure. In other words, it's basically saying this, it was worth whatever he had to pay. But he just stumbled on it. It wasn't like he was really looking for it. She went to the well that day just like she'd gone every day. Except she didn't go when the other women went. She went at noon. And the reason that she went at noon, this woman of Samaria, is because the other women went in the morning. They would chit-chat and they would talk while they were drawing the water. But she didn't really want a whole lot of talking going on because she was, had been with five men that, and the man that she was with right now that she was living with wasn't even her husband. So she kind of had that reputation around town. Everybody kind of follow me right here. She had that reputation around town. And so she didn't really want to talk about her life. So she came in the middle of the day when the other women went to the well in the morning, morning time. She went that day just like every day. I wonder how many times, dear friend, how many times has she gone to the well of Jacob? How many times has she been there day after day and day after day? But that day, listen, there was someone different that was there. That day there was a Jewish man that was there and he asked for a drink of water and he also said this, I'll give you water that will make you neither thirst ever more. I'll never be thirsty again. You can give me water that I'll never have to come here again with. Listen, she came like every day. Listen, she was not looking for the Messiah. She was coming with the water pot to get a drink of water for her and her family, to maybe to cook with and such. She was, she was not looking for the Messiah, but Jesus was looking for her. And we might say she just kind of stumbled across life's greatest treasure. And here's what she did. She left her water pot. And she ran into town and told all the men about it and came back and watch this. They all found enough water in that treasure right there. They found enough water in that well. I'm not talking about Jacob's well. I'm not talking about physical well. I'm talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who loved you and gave his life to save you. And the only one, by the way, that could satisfy you because everything else on this earth is not going to satisfy you. It does not matter how many possessions that you have. It does not matter how many sexual experiences that you have. She'd been with five men already and the man that she was with right now was not her husband. I'm telling you, she was empty. But then when she found the treasure of the Lord Jesus Christ, she was full. He went to work just to try to get through another day. He didn't like being the jailer there in Philippi. In fact, it was kind of a rough job. There were some cutthroats in there and some rough individuals there in prison and in jail. But there, that, that Philippian jailer, he had two men that wasn't causing him any trouble that night. Except they were singing kind of loud. Rock of Ages, 
Rock of Ages. Anyways, in the prison. Uh, they didn't have Rock of Ages back there anyways, but they were singing about salvation. <laughs> that was terrible. They, actually, it's right on. They were singing and praising God at midnight. Man, all of a sudden that jail began to shake. And I mean, a, a, an earthquake shook the doors open. And sure, the, the jailer thought everybody's going to be out of here. But, and in fact, he was about to take his own life. He was about to commit suicide. But Paul said, wait a minute, do thyself no harm. We're here. Where'd you ever find prisoners that wouldn't escape when they had an opportunity to escape? Well, these prisoners were already free. <laughs> Physically and spiritually, already free. And he told that man about Jesus and he went home to his house and told his family about Jesus and he believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and he was saved. Listen, it was a day like any other day. What I'm, what I'm trying to get to today is just simply this. This may just be like another Sunday to you. This may seem like, you know, I was working my job and this guy gave me a, this, I don't even know what you call it, a pamphlet or, or something. He said something about a track. I don't know what that is, but he gave me this and that's why I'm here, preacher. I didn't even mean to be here. I wasn't even planning on it. It, or it may be you've been in church all your life and you didn't even realize what a treasure that you had available to you in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's like you've been singing all these songs all your life. You've been going past this way all your life and you didn't really mean to find Jesus, but I'm telling you, friend, he came to, to seek and save that which is lost and thus he came to save you. Maybe you're a waitress or a waiter at, a, at an area restaurant and you've got 500 of these. And all you were there to do is just work a job. Well, here's what it is. You were there just to earn, earn a wage and thank God, thank God for people that'll work. Amen. Amen. Thank God for people that'll work. And there you were just working a job. But the next thing you know, somebody gave you a gospel track that could tell you how that your sins can be forgiven and you can have a home in heaven where there's streets that are paved with gold and there are gates that are pearl. Mercy. That sounds kind of rich. You know where I live now? A dilapidated house. Well, hey, listen, it doesn't matter if you live in a dilapidated house or if you live in Riverdale or whatever uh, fancy name place that's here in this city. If you die without Jesus Christ, you'll go to hell. But if you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, you, on the authority of the Word of God, will go to heaven. Man, I didn't know that. That's good stuff. You found out today. But, but look, it's not just about your salvation. Remember what Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about the kingdom of heaven. He's not just talking about salvation. Please, please don't tune out right here. This is so important. He's not just talking about you being saved. He's talking about him, the Lord. He's talking about the Lord. He's talking about him being the Lord of your life. The kingdom of heaven. In other words, your life to get the full riches of what you have in Jesus Christ, you've got to live your life under his authority, not just go to heaven. There's just so much more than just going to heaven. Is what you found worth your all? Is what you found worth your all? If you found Jesus, friend, then he's worth your all. He's worth your whole entire life. He's worth being here on a Sunday morning. He's worth being here on a Sunday night. He's worth being here on a Wednesday night. 
He's worth you getting up in the morning and having some time with him in the morning. He's worth you saying no to that television that, that is taking over your life. And, and you found something there, but it's not worth your all. He's of greater value than your job. And I'm not minimizing the fact that you've got a job and maybe a good job. Thank God for your job. But your job, friend, is not worth your all. Jesus is worth your all. This morning I was sitting there in about the third pew or so and right in front of me, you know, you got the, you got the place where the offering envelopes are and, and then you got two little round holes there for pencils or pens. We don't fill them. Except this one was filled with a Halls wrapper. <laughs> Found a Halls wrapper this morning. <laughs> Say, preacher, you need some rest. <laughs> what if I said, man, I'm going to go sell our house. I'm going to sell our cars. I'm going to sell the boys. I'm going to sell whatever we got to get this Halls wrapper. Man, that'd be ludicrous, wouldn't it? Well, let me tell you something. That image you found on that computer late at night is not worth you losing your family. And that man at the office that's flirting with you and your husband hasn't shown you any kind of love and he's showing you all kinds of love and attention. I'm telling you, friend, listen, it is not worth you wasting your whole family, wasting your whole life, missing out on the travel for a little rapper. Is this making sense? Is what you found worth your all? Because don't think it won't take your all. He or she will take your all or it will take your all. I'm asking you, which treasure do you want? Do you want real treasure or you just want what the world offers? Do you want what the king of king has for you or do you want what one lower Lord has for you? He was uh, probably 18, 19 years old, Billy Green. I just met him. He was in Salt Lake City when I met him. But he grew up up the road in Springfield, Missouri. Grew up around some, some churches, but never really heard a clear presentation of the gospel until he's about 18 or 19 years old, if I remember his story right. And he walked the aisle, but unfortunately, somebody didn't take the Bible and show him how to be saved. And he left just as unsettled as when he came in. But God wasn't letting him alone. And he just happened to pull up beside a, a car at a gas station. This is what he told me. And he said, that, ga that car was playing Christian music. And it got hold of my heart. And right there in my car at the gas station, he asked Jesus to be his Savior. Amen. He filled up that day, friend. More than he knew. He went off to Afghanistan. He wanted actually to try to be a chaplain and just signed up. Didn't realize there was a specific part of the army known as a chaplain. He just signed up to be a soldier and off he went to Afghanistan with a gun in hand. While he's there, it just so happened it just so happened that his very best friend was another young man from Springfield, Missouri, whose parents were members, and are members, I know them, at Berean Baptist Church in Springfield, Missouri. This man's dad kept sending CDs to this young man, and he started listening. He found in that treasure box CDs by this man, Sam Davison. And in Afghanistan, friend, in Afghanistan, he started listening to the former pastor of this church, our pastor emeritus. And he started listening to CD after CD of Sam Davison. And finally, once he got back to Springfield, Missouri, he got involved at Berean Baptist Church and started attending all the services there. And in a revival meeting, he met Sam Davison, who he heard first time in Afghanistan. I'm telling you, friend, he found a treasure. 
He found a treasure and then in the process of time, he's moved his family there to Salt Lake City. And I wish every one of you could have met him because he was on fire for the Lord and wanting to serve God with all of his life. We went on a long run and he talked the whole time, which was kind of good for me because I couldn't talk and run at the same time, but he was young and he could. And he talked the whole time, I'm telling you, he talked the whole time about what God has done in his life. He just happened to come across a treasure in the sand of Afghanistan. The other man in the, in the account is a merchant man that's seeking. He's looking for goodly pearls. And, uh, you know, I mean, he's traveling around and pearls were of great value that day, but then he finds one. Now, th here's the difference, okay? Remember, I told you there's two ways to find this. One is you didn't even think about it. You weren't even looking for it, but, but you found it. The other is that you're actually looking for it all over. But then when you find that one pearl that's of such great price that you think, it doesn't matter how much I have in my collection, this one is worth more than them all. This is Jesus illustrating that some people find the kingdom of heaven that way. Some are seeking for truth. Some want to know. And they try this faith and this ideology and this religious leader and this person and that group and this church and that group. And maybe that's why you're here today is because you are seeking. I'm glad to tell you about the pearl of great price. In the Lord Jesus Christ, salvation by grace through faith. Stop your search Sell everything that you've got. Take all those other ideas back because you found the truth of the Word of God. And I'm telling you, here's the Bible. When I was 16 years old, no, younger than that, 15 years old, this is what I started reading. Here's a note from Angie. <laughs> and, uh, and I found in this Bible, and it's underlined, in fact, nearly every verse, because even as a 15-year-old, I found out, man, this, this book that, that I've been around all my life, it's got everything in it that I need. It's got everything in it that I need because it tells me about the God that I really need. And you've got no riches until you've got God. And you've got, you've got poverty no matter how much wealth you've got. You have no wealth that will take care of that spiritual poverty. But if you'll trust Him to be your Savior, friend, He'll meet all of your needs. Your spiritual needs, your mental needs, your emotional needs, your, your, your physical needs. I'm telling you, He's a great God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I found Him. I found Him. And, I, and I, I'm glad to sell everything I've got. I'm glad to give Him everything everything I've got. I don't have much, but I'm glad to give him everything I've got because I found a treasure that's not an earthly treasure. It's a heavenly treasure. Many of you have found the same, but listen, I hope that some of you aren't just satisfied with being saved by him. You need to know him, friend. You need to know him and you need to sell your subscriptions, perhaps to whatever it is that's keeping you from your time with him. You need to sell and get, maybe get rid of your smartphone because it's making you act dumb. And get back into the word of God. You're wasting your time. Sell out. Sell out. He's worried. I'm not saying he's going to call you to full-time ministry, but if he did, you ought to be glad about that. For joy that he called me. For joy that he found the treasure. He sold everything, both of these men. They found it in different ways. One wasn't looking for it and the other was, but both of them had to come to the place where they recognized this is of such great value, I better sell everything I've got. 
And also right here in this treasure is a prayer list reminding me that through Jesus Christ, I have access to the Father and anything I need, I have access at the throne of God and I can come to him anytime, friend. You can too if you're saved. You can come to him anytime and it's not a religious exercise, it's a relationship because he said, call him Father. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Are you following me? Everything we've got, everything we need rather is found right in him. Have you found this? Have you found this? If you found it, it's worth everything in your life. There ought to be nothing that you hold back. You say, if that's what it's going to take, that's what I want to give. To have a part in his kingdom. Again, you're not buying your salvation. Did I make that clear at the first? You can't. But here's what he's saying. Listen, it's going to cost you something. But it's worth it. It's worth it. To let go of anything or anyone that's keeping you from serving him all out. I found a treasure that's worth my all. And that same treasure is available to you today and it's worth your all. Let's stand together here today. Sure appreciate your kind attention. I first of all want to ask, have you been born again? Have you trusted him as your savior? You may have heard this all your life, or, or this may be the very first time you're hearing that he'll save anybody, and it's strictly by grace through faith, not by your works. Or it could be today that you are saying, I've been looking for what you're talking about. A man named Cornelius wanted to know the truth, and God sent Peter his way. A man named Nicodemus met with Jesus under the cover of darkness. And Jesus talked to him and had one of the most important conversations in human history. And he said to him, Nicodemus, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Nicodemus was looking for something. He had religion for him, but he didn't have a relationship. I want to ask you today, what are you looking for? You're seeking for something. I can tell you who it is. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Yep, that's it. Father, thank you today. Thank you for every, every man and woman here today. Thank you for these children that are here today by bus. Thank you for the effort put forth of some that have sold their time, their weekends, to give attention to spiritual things because it's that valuable. And God, thank you for others at work in the ministries to help it, help it happen, help it work. Now, God, we're, uh, we're at a place here in this invitation as you have given us this opportunity to extend it and I'm praying, God, that you'd help every person here to really evaluate, first of all, if they're saved, and then second of all, if they are saved, if they are indeed your disciple, if they've submitted to you as the king of their life. Dear God, I, I believe there's many that are born again, but they're not really buying into the kingdom of God idea, the kingdom of heaven. And so I pray you'd help them to do that today in Jesus' name. Amen.